Hello, welcome to the Opinionistics. I'm your host, John Milone, and we will potentially have other co-hosts joining us, but if not, let's go with the flow, I guess. So, introducing from Texas, we have Rox Berkey and Charles Brakefield. Howdy. Hello, how are you? Thank you for having us. Anytime. So, explain to all the listeners what you will do for a living. Ooh, so professionally, we actually both work in the technology industry for a couple of different companies. Um, hmm. My uh, my area is uh, um, telephony, um, from a, either from a U.S. perspective or globally. You know, take your pick on what uh, what company I'm working on at, the time, at that point in time. Um, but I have a passion for security that goes along with telephony um, to keep uh, conversations uh, from prying eyes and prying ears. But on the side... We like doing fictional writing, primarily using technology as a foundation, sir. Technically, the area that we uh, we work in, Peter, uh, for, for writing is techno thrillers. Um, and it's uh, basically a lot of um, technical facts that uh, we see on a regular basis uh, with uh, some fictional characters to keep the uh, um, the dialogue interesting and the, uh, the people from uh, uh, the real people we know from uh, you know, getting mad at us. Okay, that's nice. And how how long have you been writing for? Oh, gee, let's see. Today's Saturday, um, you know, two decades. That's not true. So we, when we worked together um, at, a, at a similar company, we were writing white papers and technical documents and workshops and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, technology is moving so fast, you can't write a technical book and have it be valid in, uh, you know, a week. So we decided we would take that technology about 10 years ago and we would create a fun character and focus on some technology risk in every one of the knowledge, novels. And the first one. The first one is um, about uh, identity theft and it's the Enigma Factor. And uh, we, uh, we have the, uh, uh, this, this character that uh, thinks he's, uh, uh, he's a penetration tester and, you know, thinks he's really, uh, you know, hot stuff until somebody whacks him and um, erases his identity. And so he realizes he's no longer alone and he's not near the top like he thought. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Interesting. And what do you two like about being authors or working in the technology sector? Well, it, it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, area because it, it's always changing. I mean, uh, I'm certified on uh, technology that you've probably never heard. Uh, it's, uh, it vanishes uh, over time and evolves over time. Uh, and there's always something new on the horizon. So it's, uh, um, you get a chance to reinvent yourself um, with the new technology. Because uh, if you don't, you'll be left behind, uh, as the COBOL programmers were uh, in, the, uh, in the 70s and 80s. And because we're in that field, we have an endless stream of technology that's coming into the marketplace that people are adopting that we can use inside the novels to, um, you know, have our, our heroes fighting some sort of a threat like, you know, uh, ransomware or ongoing identity theft still hasn't gone away even in 10 years. It's actually worse now. So, but we have constantly new things. Uh, you've heard of, of the, the capability where technology can, can take away someone's identity on their face and stuff. 
Um, it's it's um, deep fakes is the terminology you might be aware of. Um, we even use that in some of the stories because that's a real technology capability that exists. Yeah, and it uh, it's fun weaving some of the uh, the real stuff that we're uh, that we're seeing that's leading edge um, into stories that uh, we've had a couple of people challenge us. That can't be real. That here, right here, a page, uh, you know, yada yada yada. And here's the link for it, and they go, oh wow, um, um, I. Um, you're frightening me, Charles. Uh, stop it. <laughs> and so uh, we uh, we do that on, on a frequent basis, and it's uh, it's. I mean, in our world, technology is today's weapon of choice. Okay, interesting. And when it comes to writing books as authors, what kind of process do you have when coming up with these stories? So we actually leverage um, a spreadsheet. So we have a conversation. We talk about what threat we want to use, like one of the stories that we're working on for release next year um, has, has a threat of how to make three-dimensional weapons um, and, and put them in the wrong hands uh, using some high-grade plastics um, and, and technology. And so we, we take that theory that there's a problem and then we kind of talk about, you know, how do we want the story to go? Unfortunately, you know, we never know exactly how the story is going to end. So we, um, we kind of map out a few chapters and we talk about the characters that are included in it and track it in a spreadsheet. And then with our very, very, you know, famous way of doing it, we do rock, paper, scissors to see who's going to take the stab, the first stab at each of the chapters. So Charles may work on chapter one, I'll work on chapter two, maybe I like three, and so forth. Yeah, now, now sometimes what happens is that, uh, um, I mean, of course, this is all predicated upon using our patent pending technique of uh, literary badminton. We bat the, the chapters back and forth to give it that extra polishing effort. So uh, if I do a draft, it goes over to her, she does a draft, it goes to me, and we, uh, we wordsmith it is the way I like to put it. Um, uh, over uh, a couple of days or maybe a week so we can get the, uh, the right uh, intonation. But the surprise happens sometimes where we'll write a chapter completely. It's like, oh, this, we'll, we'll push this one down. It's not uncommon for us to write a chapter. Like, uh, let's use this at, at 15, even though we're at uh, chapter two. So um, sometimes the, uh, the story tells us what they want. The characters... Um, take us in a direction we hadn't thought of. So it's uh, it's sometimes it, it's quite uh, um, innovative and, and uh, interesting to see. Okay, well, if, if this is the kind of character you've got, um, they would do this, and you know, and, and it, it surprises us. And but that's what uh, that's what writing's all about. Hmm. Okay, I can certainly see that. Is there any books that you two are planning on? sometime in the next few months and publish it. So we've been doing two things. So in the, in, since we started releasing fictional novels, um, we decided we were also going to go back and take a look at them. If there was any technology refreshing that needed to happen, uh, if there was any um, uh, skills we have learned more recently that would help improve the other books, we decided we would start reviewing them for second editions which we've been doing for the last couple of years and re-releasing them. So we just recently re-released um, the second edition for the Enigma Gamers, which is exciting because 
um, it, it's, it's a virtual game. Uh, it focuses on ransomware and um, it happens to have two players that are the heads of their particular countries, um, uh, ones that are often in the news. And so um, they're not nice people. They're not the, nice people. Yeah. No. So, uh, so, we, <laughs> so the, the gamers just came out um, and we are going to release the first book in the new series. So the original series is called the Enigma series. The next generation of those characters is um, we decide they need to have their own little series. So we're calling that Enigma Heirs. And that will start in, we're hoping it will be March that we'll get that release out. Um, if it comes out sooner, we'll let you know. You can have an advanced copy, Peter. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll be down for that. So would you guys ever try space tourism if you had the money for it? Try to do tourism? Is that what you're saying? Oh, you mean tour? Like tour tour? No. Would you ever try space tourism? Oh, oh. space tourism. <clears throat> um, Only if I get the miles. If I get the miles, sure. Hmm. No, space, it's, space tourism is the, that's a little bit uh, dodgy from, from my standpoint. Um, you know, I mean, you're up there where all the cosmic rays are, you know, you know I don't have any atmosphere to, to uh, uh, slow that down. I don't, you know, I... I you know, I, I have to have a seat next to the uh, the, the restroom, and uh, you know, it's uh, it, it it just well, I'm, I'm not sure it's going to work for me. <laughs> How about you? Would you like to go to, on the space tourism? I might, yeah. I mean, it'd be nice to see the stars and go to like other habitable planets. But yeah, I'd certainly give it a try as long as I'm not heading to the sun. That's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. That's kind of a short trip, huh? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, but that that kind of ranks up there with the uh, uh, you know uh, Elon's uh, uh, desire to go uh, colonize Mars, and um, you know uh, it's like you know another hundred degrees colder than what you are right now. You got uh, the atmospheric problems, and then the uh, the lower gravity, and so your muscles atrophy. So that's a one way trip. You're not coming back for something like that. So those things kind of nag at me from, uh, from a space tourism standpoint, and. Uh, you know, colonies outside of the, this planet. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you ever experienced something supernatural? So I've I've experienced a lot of deja vu, and to a degree, I consider that a little bit supernatural. Um, in that I feel like I have been someplace before, or I feel like I have, um, you know, kind of like a, a cold chill runs over you when there's it's hundred degrees outside. Um, so to me, that feels supernatural. Um, I totally believe in it, but I, I can't pinpoint and say exactly I had this. What about you, Charles? Um, I can't recall anything along those lines. Um, you know, probably uh, uh, the logical side of me, you know, refuses to accept, you know, that kind of uh, explanation. So um, I, I don't have anything to report, um, you know, no, Probably by this afternoon, that'll change. So, uh, you know, I'll have to call you back up and let you know, Peter, that, <laughs> hey, I, I had an event. All right. Does this count? Yeah, I'd say that certainly counts. <laughs> we have, a, we have um, a lot of people that we interact with that do believe in a lot of, like, um, ghosts and spirits and mm. hauntings and, and that sort of thing. And we've actually... Um, talk to some people that that clearly can map those changes and 
and and can use the equipment so that they are they know when there's like again it's more like a, a fantastic event as opposed to yeah i don't know it's, it's well i mean you're right i mean uh, rob and uh robin um, and joan i yeah. mean they're they're paranormal hunters you can actually engage them to come uh, uh debug your uh, your house exercise I, I, that, that's what I meant. I exercise, exercise. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean debug. I, I, that's that software program term. Sorry. <clears throat> uh, your uh, your your house. If it's uh, if if it's got ghosts and they try to help uh, resolve the uh, the issue from whatever that is, and so it's always a um, a very interesting discussion because um, they're 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 you know very very um, adamant about oh yeah this you know, absolutely absolutely. Hmm. Nice. Very nice. When things break, do you prefer to fix them or replace them? Definitely fix them. Fix them. <clears throat> we um we live in an, a, a neighborhood, so we we live in different houses, but we're in a close neighborhood, and we walk in periodically. People toss out the most amazing things to the side of the road, you know, pieces of furniture, um, Oriental art. Um, and, and they, they do it because the frame is cracked or, you know, there's a cushion that's messed up and there have been more things that we have retrieved from the side of the road and revitalized and refurbished yeah. and then, you know, gift it to someone because it's not a bad thing. It doesn't need to go in the rubbish heap. It, it needs to be fixed and then have a little TLC. Yeah. Now you're talking, uh, 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 Peter, to uh, somebody who would, uh, when when the kids would break a two dollar toy, they would bring it in to me and say, "Daddy, fix." And um, I might spend a couple of hours trying to repair something that was, uh, you know, uh, may, may have been in their uh, their Happy Meal uh, for all I remembered. So, but it, uh, I guess the the look on their face, like I get to play with it again. That's um, I, I I can't resist that, and that's I, I guess that's. A part of my DNA, uh, you know, let's repair this if it's uh, salvageable. Um, and people throw out some of the most amazing things that uh, they just don't know. You don't know you can re, uh, re recover this. You don't know that you can fix uh, the uh, re-glue it so that uh, it it's a uh, malfunctioning piece of equipment. Okay, I can certainly see that. What fancy universe would you like to live your life in? Hmm. <clears throat> uh, what type of universe? Um, I don't know. There, there's something attractive about uh, being able to wield a, uh, you know, a nice Cantana sword um, along with the, uh, uh, have it at my side while I'm riding, you know, winged dragons to uh, help fight the, uh, uh, the evil causes that are trying to uh, uh, infect the, uh, the universe. I, I see myself, uh, you know, doing that unless, of course, I, there's any chance of me getting any harm to my person. Uh, that, that's uh, <laughs> that one. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not on board with that. So. And, and we don't even write fantasy. <laughs> that's good. <clears throat> okay. Fabulous. If you had a year of free time to learn or hone any skills, what would you do? I would want to sit and write. I would want to be isolated. I want to turn off my phone and just write. But know that I could eat when I'm hungry and not have to be starved. You know, I mean, that's why I work. I work to eat. Well, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting uh, premise. I mean, and if you're not doing what you like, um, what a shame. Uh, you know, take a year off. What does you like working? 
or you know it, it, it's part of your uh, your upbringing so i like i like to work i also like to be able to uh, cook i like to be able to you know have, uh, hang out uh, with uh, you know two or three hundred of my closest friends and slug down uh, you know a nice uh, nice uh, uh, chardonnay or pinot noir uh or we're, we're swapping stories and and um, we're building the next um next iteration of our storytelling so um that's pretty much the way i've got my life oriented so i get i get get everything that i want without you know being the, the stigma of oh you're retired uh you're no longer um uh, somebody i can talk to because uh, you don't know anything about the business world i'm i would i would i fear losing that uh, that grip or, or that uh, uh that ability to be able to relate to people who hey i've got to go work today I'm like yeah i hear you man <clears throat> now i would like to take my year of writing and do it on board a ship so I can stop in various ports. I mean, I'm, I didn't mean in like in a dark room. Just saying. <laughs> well, that, that way you can get the, you know, uh, the, the the room service and uh, you know, okay, I'm hungry, so you know, you know exactly. Go, go and I get the color of all these wonderful places. Yeah, yeah. Because places we have been um, throughout our various um, uh, careers and family vacations. I mean, those work their ways into every one of our stories. So. Yeah. Cool. Cool. What piece of entertainment do you wish you could erase from your mind so that you could experience it for the first time again? Wow. Watching The Who, The Grateful Dead, or Jimi Hendrix in concert again. Or Paul McCartney, because he was fabulous too. Hmm. She, she goes to all the rock concerts. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm too shy. Uh, I just, uh, it doesn't work for me. Uh, you know, not when I can get a CD for... You know, uh, you know, $15 and uh, not have to stand in line and, and uh, argue with people behind me that are, that are screaming. Hmm. All right, fair enough. Would you rather be really hot or really cold? Hot. Um, comfortable. Um, I like comfortable. Um, so if I'm too hot, I'm not comfortable. If I'm too cold, um, you know, I, I've been too cold. You know, my dad saying, hey, we're going to go hunt elk at, uh, you know, at uh, 14,000 feet and it drops and the snow's in place and uh, coming down and uh, you can't get warm because the tent isn't designed to keep you warm. So um, too cold is not much fun. Um, and, uh, the, you know, hypothermia, frostbite, those are not <laughs> my friends, uh, just, just so you know. Hmm. Okay, interesting. That's nice. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Oh, that's easy, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I would like to try living in New Zealand or Australia. There are two places that's on my on my bucket list. Now, I mean, living and and, and traveling, um, it's always nice to come home. Uh, how much of, have we, of the world have we seen? Um, quite a bit, but it's always good to come home. So, you know, best place to live. Yeah, Texas. Uh, you know, it's got its seasons. It's got its uh, uh, good points. And it's got its uh, detractions. I, I, I admit it, but it's uh, I get to see some tremendous places that, um, you know, like Santorini. You know, what a marvelous uh, uh, location there in the uh, the Mediterranean. Um, I don't know what you do in a place like that, except uh, you know, start look around at the uh, at the blue houses all day long. Um, it, it's good once. That's about it. Um, no thanks. Um, I don't like to go back to the same place twice. All right, then. Sounds good. Have you heard of a certain drink called Banana Friche? 
No. What is in that drink? Well, for one thing, it certainly has bananas in it. Uh, yeah, I get that. Does it have alcohol? Oh, no, no, no. It's not, it's not that kind of drink, that's for sure. Okay. But it's really good, though. It's uh, very nice. I like it. Even though I don't like bananas, but it's still a very good drink. I like bananas, um, and it sounds interesting that they would be in a drink. If it had, like, fuzzy water or something. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to try it, though. i got to find the recipe. Okay. Cool, cool. Do you like spicy food? Um, I enjoy um, spice. I'm, I'm, you know, not to the point, and there are some spices that are just like um, over the top. Uh, they'll take the paint off your car, like ghost pepper or, you know, habaneros from, uh, from Mexico. Those are, um, that's, that's way too far for, for me, but, uh, you know, a little bit of spice to help accent the food not just to consume something for the, uh, you know, the mind numbing uh, pain that it creates. So for example, okay. I've, I've got chili that I'm serving later on today for an event that, that I'm hosting. And, um, you know, it has a kick. Um, it's not going to really be painful for children, but it is, it is spicy. You know, that you're having something that's different. Yeah. Now, sometimes in, uh, in South Texas, um, there's usually some place, some uh, small, small town burg, they, they boast of having the best chili on the planet. And uh, I went into one of those places and, okay, let me, uh, let me uh, taste your wares. And they said, fine. Uh, what kind of hot do you want? We have uh, mild. We have, of course, we have the, you know, the children's stuff, which is, you know, uh, more like uh, uh, tomato sauce. Uh, but it's mild, medium, hot. And they actually had a category called armor piercing uh so um I, I i looked at it and i thought no no i you know i, I said yeah. really armor piercing chili and he goes dude you know uh if, if you want if you want the ultimate in the hot uh, stuff go with it and i said i'll just take the hot stuff i i, I don't want um i don't want to be ambulanced off the scene here okay <clears throat> okay interesting choice i liked it what was the stupidest joke you've ever heard? Um, can we go into politics? <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever works. I don't mind. Uh, uh, I'm going to stay clear of that one. So, yeah, uh... no. I, I, I think, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I think some of those silly knock-knock jokes that, that you do as a kid that only work when you're a kid. Oh, yeah. You know, like the, the knock knock, who's there? Banana, banana who? Knock knock, and you keep going for a while until you get tired of that, and then then you have a different answer. Um, you know, they're, they're enormously silly when you're five to ten. Yeah, yeah, I could totally understand why that would be very stupid. But if it works, <laughs> it works. I, I don't mind, just go with the flow. <laughs> What was the longest trip you have ever taken? Oh, that's a good one. Um, the longest one uh, was uh, um, a three-mast sailing ship around the uh, um, through the uh, the Suez Canal from uh, uh, we left out of uh, um, Athens and cruised around the uh, Saudi Arabia and had to run from the Somali pirates. Uh, and we kept looking out, you know, okay, uh, you know, we, we actually had to have armed guards 
um, to uh, on deck in case we were attacked. That was kind of a law. It's like, you know, can we get some place where, you know, uh, uh, people are normal? And they said, we're trying as fast as we can, got dude. So that was a, that was a long trip getting uh, getting past that. And uh, but uh, it was rewarding to get to Dubai. Uh, what a beautiful city. Just magnificent. And my longest trip was going to um, Tokyo. So I took a flight to Tokyo and then had this wonderful person to accompany me and, and take me to all the little inlets and outlets around, around Tokyo. I mean, Tokyo itself is, is a bustling, bustling community would be probably an understatement. Um, but I, I loved, I loved seeing that whole culture. It was fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. If you, if you could travel back in time, which decade would you want to live in? I think my favorite decade would be to be around, and this is going to sound really nuts, but actually to be around the turn of the 19th century before World War I, but in the United States. I think that would be very interesting because technology would not have been there. People were trying to figure out what they wanted to do from a societal ways, but I would be, probably be on the West Coast, not the East Coast. Hmm. Okay. I can see that. If you had to get rid of a holiday, which one would you get rid of? I don't know. They're all so much fun. Um, I, I think that I might, I might get rid of Groundhog Day, though. I, I think that it's kind of outlived its usefulness. I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, get rid of a holiday. Uh, that, that means I have to give up. I, I'll be working that day instead of uh, taking the day off. So i um, not really ready to forfeit that luxury at this point. So um, I'm going to decline to give you an answer on that one. I, I think holidays in general, if they're celebrating something means they're helping keep alive a memory of some sort. And even if I don't personally believe or relate to that memory, it helps enrich people to know that somebody cared enough to create a holiday for that. Like, you know, Valentine's Day, you know, some people get so sad if they don't have a date on Valentine's Day. And yet, you know, it's the one day a year people can have hearts and flowers and, and be okay with it. Um, you know, the 4th of July means something here in the United States. It probably means nothing to you in the UK. Uh, but you have special holidays, right? Yeah, we, we do. We have a couple of holidays of our own, especially a couple of new ones since uh, the unfortunate passing of one figurehead in particular. But... Yeah, it was a sad day for a lot of people, but hey, we've got to move on with life, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know that I would do away with any of them. I may not necessarily celebrate them because I don't understand them. Boxing Day is a very interesting holiday, but I don't celebrate it. Yeah, like, what what is Boxing Day anyway? Is is it a day dedicated to boxing? That's the kind of misconception that really confuses a lot of people. Exactly. But it's kind of funny, though, in my opinion, <laughs> thinking of Boxing Day is all about boxing. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm dying. Well, that's all we have for this episode. It's great having you here, Breakfield and Berkey, talking about your work in the technology sector, your side hustles, writing authors, and everything else. It's been amazing. And it's always a pleasure, a distinct pleasure to have time with you. Thank you so very much. Yes, thank you, Peter. Much appreciated. You're welcome. And until next time, stay opinionated.